the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Tuesday morning. So glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damien Clotto and Alicia Clepino. Hey guys, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Do you feel ordinary today? Close. It's ordinary time, y'all. Close. Today, it's ordinary time. This is the first week of ordinary time. (laughs) It's also the feast of St. Gregory of Nyssa. So let's begin the show with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Attend to the pleas of your people with heavenly care, O Lord, we pray, that they may see what must be done and gain strength to do what they have seen. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, St. Gregory of Nyssa, pray for us. Pray for us. We have events in your listening area. We will give you details about in eight minutes, and there are a lot of things going on. So you can go check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Catholic Community Radio. I will post the events that we talk about that are lengthy on our Facebook Live video, which we are streaming today, by the way, on our Facebook page on YouTube, so you can go and watch us on there and our website as well. Debbie Shelley joins us in 18 minutes. She is the assistant editor of the Catholic Commentator, which is the official Catholic newspaper for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. She'll update us on what you'll find in this week's issue. Dr. John Bergsma joins us in 35 minutes to talk about his book called The Word of the Lord, Reflections on the Sunday Mass Readings for Year A. And Matt Estrada, our good friend, in 48 minutes joins us. He's a founder and author of Peace with Dementia Rosary, and he's going to be giving us his monthly update. And he has been helping so many people, you guys, in our area and beyond, uh, those who are caregivers for dementia patients, those who have family members who are going through this or maybe showing signs. Matt has some great, great insights and resources to give to you today to talk about this. So Damien, it's going to be a great show and great interviews today. Looking forward to it. And And a little weather report because it's cold outside. (laughs) Partly cloudy to cloudy today. Uh, High is going to be 72, low is going to be around 63, winds out of the south at about 5 to 10. Come tomorrow, it's even going to get a little warmer. High is going to be close to 79, and uh, winds are going to pick up. They're going to be at about 10 to 20 miles an hour. That's all in front of a a cool front that's coming our way. And, of course, what's usually in front of a cool front? Mm -hmm. Some wet weather. And you can expect that on Thursday, 70 to 75% chance of getting wet on Thursday. Temperatures are going to start dropping, too. They're going to go from the 70s all the way down to the 40s, and then it's even going to get cooler as the uh, week goes on. So temperatures for now, 
Uh, Homa Thibodeau, 70, I'm sorry, 49 degrees. In Bay St. Louis, it's 42. Mandeville, 43. New Orleans, it's 52. And in Baton Rouge, 44 degrees, our capital city. And Gabby, I saw something where uh, in the news yesterday, a whale washed up on the beaches yes, near in you. Yes, Christian. Oh <laughs> yeah, Bay St. Wow. Louis yes. or something, huh? Or past Christian. It was in past Christian. Yeah, yeah uh, I think a finned whale. Okay. Yeah, so they're go- they're doing an autopsy on it, but I thought whales once they get close to the shore they are dying. So I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see the story develop, yeah. but that never happens in well, this area. Wasn't a whale of a game last night for the college oh, no. football championship. Georgia, them dogs <laughs> just ate up those horn frogs. <laughs> I mean, the biggest blowout in college football championship history. It was good for a little while. Okay, but we've got a lot of good things coming your way on Wake Up. Don't go too far. It's five after the hour. A good Tuesday to you. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 1. Jesus came to Capernaum with his followers, and on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. We've heard the gospel and now we reflect. After the call of the first disciples, Mark records Jesus' first miraculous deed, an exorcism. Throughout his gospel, St. Mark shows Jesus' progressive dismantling of the powers of darkness that began with his defeat of Satan in the desert. This exorcism occurs on a Sabbath in the synagogue of Capernaum. The scribes taught by merely offering opinions or handing on customs of certain biblical interpretations. Jesus, in contrast, spoke powerfully as one who had authority in himself to reveal the definitive meaning of the scriptures. And as a result, his listeners sat in wonder and awe. Truth exposes evil. So an unclean spirit cried out in fear and rage, What have you to do with us? The demon is alarmed because he knew that his uncontested possession was in danger of being lost. To throw Jesus off guard and to lead him into the sin of pride, the devil falsely claims hidden knowledge of Jesus's identity by calling Jesus the Holy One of God. Jesus will reveal his true identity in his own time, but not through demons. Therefore, Jesus silenced him with the command, quiet, literally be muzzled like a dumb beast. Because a demon is confronted with a mightier one, his tyranny ends in his cowardly defeat. The people were amazed anew by Jesus' power and his new teaching. But it is not new in the sense that it has never been heard of before, 
but new because the truth of the gospel has the unique power to accomplish what it communicates. This is why the church urges us to prayerfully read the Bible and makes its own the words of St. Jerome, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. The church also teaches us that Scripture is the soul of theology, and as a result, we are studying a corpse when we study our faith without its biblical soul. A good place to start is reading the daily reflections in the Munificat or using the commentary in the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible or the Novar Bible. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. And to follow up on what Jimmy just said, also Bible in a Year. And Alicia's got some news about that in just a minute. But in the meantime, some events taking place. One happens to be in Alexandria, Louisiana. It's the Spiritual Warfare Conference taking place February 17th and 18th at Our Lady of Prompt Sucker Catholic Church. That's located on Elliott Drive. Uh, admissions 55 bucks for uh, general public. If you uh, want to attend virtually, you can also pay $55 and you'll be able to do that and watch it from home. The family pass is 150. Priority pass is 110. That includes VIP seating and a Q&A luncheon with speakers. And then uh, for the young ones, it's 20 bucks. Clergy and religious, it's free. And the one-day pass, whether you want to go Friday, Saturday, it's just $30. So uh, ticket information and a full schedule and everything else is located at fullnessoftruth.org, fullnessoftruth.org. A couple of guest speakers, Jeanette Williams, who you hear on our radio station Mm -hmm. and on WEWTM, Father Ken Geraci, Adam Bly, and Father uh, Carlos Martin. So Ah. they uh, have a good lineup. That's great. So get ready to battle the evil one. There you go. That's a great one. (laughs) Well, if if you haven't done Bible in a year, you have probably heard about it. Well, Father Mike Schmitz has something new. That is Catechism in the Year. So it'll be just like the Bible in the Year, but it will be the, the... second most important book for Catholics, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's not just a reference book. It's a book uh, rooted in Scripture and discusses and explains the fundamental teachings of our faith. So the Catechism of the Year podcast reveals the true good and beautiful teachings of our our Catholic church that Christ founded. So there's daily episodes. Uh, They're about 15 to 20 minutes long with Father Mike Schmitz, who's who's a popular Catholic priest. He guides us through the entire catechism. So you can find out that it's it's completely free. It's a podcast and it's available on all major podcast apps and on YouTube. You can visit ascensionpress.com slash c- I-Y. That's for Catechism in the Year. Yeah. My awesome. wife and I, I are doing it I love listening to podcasts. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love listening to podcasts when I'm out and like in the yard or doing mm-hmm. something that's yes. like time consuming. It makes it go by quicker and you get to learn something yeah. at the same time. So Father Mike is so engaging. It, it's going to, mm-hmm. it will go by fast anyway. Yep. 
And he explains things very well. So even those difficult, you know, in a Bible in a year, those difficult Old Testament readings that are kind of confusing, he really explains them very well to the point where you can understand them. So when you listen to them at Mass, you'll know exactly what's going on. (laughs) Encourage is a ministry within Courage. This is another event. It's dedicated to the spiritual needs of parents, siblings, children, and other relatives and friends of persons who have same-sex attractions. Standing by the truth teachings of the Roman Catholic Church encourage members support one another and their loved ones through discussion, prayer, and fellowship. For more information, you can contact Father Jeremy. Um, And you know what? I am going to post this in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video because it's his email address, fatherjeremy at scschurch.com. That's frjeremy at scschurch.com. And you will find that, like I said, in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. All righty. And a spiritual day of reflections coming up February 25th. That's in Lafayette at St. John Cathedral on St. John Street in the heart of Lafayette. Uh, They're going to have a number of guest speakers. Admission's only $20, but you have Father Jamin David, Father Andrew Schumacher, Father Brian Harrington, and many more. Uh, So try to put that on your calendar. February 25th in Lafayette starts at 9 o'clock. We have more coming your way on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 10th. Today we celebrate St. Gregory of Nyssa. Some things run in families. A sense of humor, certain kinds of skills, curly hair. Holiness ran in the family of today's saint. Gregory of Nyssa was the son of two saints and the sibling of two others. Born around 330 in modern-day Turkey, Gregory put aside a teaching career to study theology and prepare for the priesthood. He was already married, but there was no impediment to his ordination, as he lived at a time when celibacy was not a matter of law for priests. Gregory was elected bishop during a period of great tension over the Arian heresy, which denied the divinity of Christ. He was briefly arrested after being falsely accused of embezzling church funds. He wrote with great effectiveness against Arianism and other questionable doctrines popular in the 4th century church. His reputation as a defender of orthodoxy gained him great prominence, and he was often sent on missions to uphold the faith. Today, St. Gregory of Nyssa is regarded as not only a pillar of orthodoxy, but also as one of the great contributors to the mystical tradition in Christian spirituality and to monasticism itself. He died in 395. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Good morning. It's 19 minutes after the hour. Thanks for tuning in to Wake Up on Catholic Community Radio. I wanted to mention the spiritual day of reflection in Lafayette that Damien was mentioning before the break. You can find out more information about that at louisianakc.org. That event is on February 25th, and it sounds like a great one. So check that out, louisianakc.org. We're joined this morning by Debbie Shelley. She is assistant editor of the Catholic Commentator, the official Catholic newspaper for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. Good. It's great to have you with us to talk about this week's issue. So I understand that this week's issue is really focused on the life of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. 
Yes, we, we called a um, celebrating Pope uh, Emeritus Benedictine the 16th. Um, we, we have a local article by uh, Richard Meek, and he um, talked to several um, priests and from the Diocese of Baton Rouge and, and Bishop Duca. And um, as uh, Bishop Duca, who was appointed by Pope Benedict XVI as Bishop of the Diocese of Shreveport in 2008, um, said he is remarkable life. We span nearly a century, a tumultuous time in the history of our world and an area of great change in our church. And he says contributions range from his participation in the Vatican II Council to his directing the publication of the New Catechism of the Catholic Church and its role in updating and publishing the Code of Canon Law. And um, likewise, he um, talked with um, Judicial Vicar, Father Paul Counts, and he said he actually made uh, mostly textual changes um, to the Canon Law, but it was to bring greater clarity and theological accuracy. But um, he said one of his greatest contributions was handling um, crimes involving the sexual abuse of minors. Um, And as uh, Father Bailly noted, he started from the top down. He said he he did a great job starting the work of addressing that, Mm -hmm. and he did a good job. And um, Richard also caught up with uh, Archbishop Emeritus Eldon F. Curtis of the Diocese of Omaha, Nebraska, who was in our diocese. And he, he likewise just had wonderful things to say about a theological insight. Um, there's calls for him to be a doctor of the church someday, yes. Pope uh, Emeritus Benedictine XVI. Wow. And they, um, he also talked to Father Brent Mayer, who's Pastor St. Agnes, of course. Yes. And his first impression of um, Pope Benedict, uh, Benedict as a, a seminarian, he's frustrated because he was struggling to learn theology at the time. Mm-hmm. But his attitude completely changed when he was elected pope, and he gave that awkward grandfatherly wave. And from that moment <laughs> then, and, <laughs> you know, the humble servant. And Father um, uh, Mayor concluded that many priests consider themselves to be J2 priests. I consider myself a Benedictine the 16th priest. He, oh, wow. He said, I can't help but be happy for him. He is finally finishing the race of his earthly life and going to get his crown. Oh, um, and we had uh, Pope, I mean, uh, uh, Bishop Michael Duca remembering Pope Benedict in um, a, a special memorial mass at St. Joseph Cathedral. Yes. And um, wonderful, wonderful homily by um, the bishop. He uh, talked about his um, first ad limina visit with the Pope, and he was struck by such a humble man. Mm-hmm. Who, but yet um, very patient, yet he was not afraid. He did not back down from questions, and that really struck the, uh, the bishop. And um, referring to him as a humble servant, he um, noted that um, in one of his Angelus addresses, Pope Benedict said that um, his, the Pope's public ministry was one, summed up by one very important Aramaic word, epithet which means be open. Um, he, and the Pope talked about the Gospel of Mark, where Jesus healed the, the blind and deaf man. Yes. He touched his tongue in his ears, and he, uh, with the word epithal. And mm-hmm. um, he's, the Pope pointed out that in the same way, the Gospel encourages us to be open. Many times mm-hmm. we're, we're not closed sensorially, um, you know, speech and hearing, but there's an internal um, closure, 
And the Pope um, had pointed out that the gospel points out how Jesus came to free that, to be sons and daughters of God and to love as God loved us first. Yes. Um, and then the bishop um, concluded the Mass by, um, you know, asking us to pray for him, and he led the congregation in the eternal rest prayer. So that was a very Beautiful. special moment of um, local um, reflections on on the bishop. Oh. And, um, on, on Pope Benedict, and then, yes. Mm-hmm. You also have... Debbie, and this mm-hmm. issue of the Catholic Commentator, that's the official Catholic newspaper uh, for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. There's also a timeline with key dates and events uh, in the life of Pope Emeritus Benedict Sixteenth. Yes, and what's interesting is it, um, it's kind of like a parallel of events in his um, personal life from when he received his first sacraments. Okay. Um, to his rising to Pope and his um, mm-hmm. publication of important doctrines for the church, his address of the sexual abuse crimes, and mm-hmm. um, it's a beautiful, you can see what's happening to him as a person, as a man, and then as a, you know, theologian and um, authority in the church. So I, I, I appreciate that, and, wow. it, and it's all in there, um, uh, you know, covers all the key dates, and, and it was very... Um, very eye-opening to see what all went on during his 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 life. Right, and what all he accomplished. He he penned sixty-six books uh, in his lifetime, and so many other uh, wonderful things that that he did in uh, uh, in his lifetime. So, uh, what a beautiful way to remember Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth. So that is into that will be a timeline in the Catholic Commentator uh, that you'll find this weekend in churches. Uh, you have another article you that you wanted to highlight, Debbie. That it is not uh, related to Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth. It's about uh, international speaker uh, Kasha Sanner. So tell us about that. Yes, um, we're we're going to have a uh, the um, lay associates of the Sisters of Saint Joseph um, are going to have a day of reflection on Pope Francis's Laudato Si, um, which is, is, um, is about care for creation and the environment, and uh, you know. So many people are apathetic about the subject. They either say that's a industrial problem or, you know, exploiters of the lands, and they don't realize um, the small things they do also contribute. So they have an international um, speaker, Kasha Sanner. She um, is the director of social and environmental justice for the congregation of St. Joseph, and she's going to present a beautiful interactive um you know, presentation. They're going to do a morning of um, group reflection, and then um, the afternoon will be kind of like a, a call to action. What what they're called um, to do. And I like her comment that um, the the encyclical illuminates the the cry of the earth and the cry of the poor are one. Mm-hmm. As we know about Pope Francis, he he parallels that, has a concern for yes. the earth as, as well as the poor. Yes. Now, Debbie, that um, is that event is day. January 28th. Mm-hmm. Is that in person, or where where is that event being held? It, it's, it's going to be at the um, St. Joseph Academy um, Mother Alice Hall. Okay. They're on uh, Kleiner. Avenue um, at St. Joseph Academy. Okay, and is that open to the public? It is, it is, and there's um, um, 
There's information on, you know, uh, it is free, but you need to RSVP okay. for the event. Okay. Um, it, it's, in the, it's in the story, but uh, VickiLaplace at gmail.com. Okay. But, but there is information on how to register and um, for, for, the, for the day. Great. Uh, we're visiting with Debbie Shelley. She is the assistant editor of the Catholic Commentator, the official Catholic newspaper for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Debbie, let our listeners know where they can pick up a copy or read the articles online. Well, they, um, in your church parish on, uh, on the weekends uh, or during the week and uh, online, go to the uh, diocesan website. You can access it through that, diobr.org. And then we have particip- uh, participating merchants uh, where you can also pick up a copy. Okay, wonderful. We'll pick up your copy of the Catholic Commentator. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much, Debbie Shelley, for joining us this morning. Thank you. Wonderful. So make sure you you, uh, check that out. Uh, I wanted to remind everybody the Pope Francis's monthly prayer intention uh, for this month, for the month of January, is for educators. How appropriate after going back after that long break (laughs) students have had. Um, And that's for educators of of students of all ages. So uh, we pray that educators may be credible witnesses teaching fraternity rather than competition and helping the youngest Mm -hmm. and most vulnerable above all is Pope Francis's intention uh-huh. for this month. So please yeah. remember all those no educators. Wrong with a little competition. But let's well <laughs> we're not we're not gonna discredit what the Pope is asking us to pray for. But I'm not you know, discrediting it. I'm just some, let's pray for those just educators. Saying, <laughs> telling the teachers, hey, you know <laughs> Don't let you know a little competition. A little competition is. I so value teachers, whether Me you're too. a homeschool parent or right. uh, in in an actual school building. Value because they do a job that uh, I value, and, right. and we're not all called to do. So right? thank you. So, yeah, right. exactly. Okay, thank you to exactly. educators. Remember them. My daughter's a teacher. I okay. appreciate you. them. That's no, right. Just That's because right. I said yeah. a little competition. I got you. I got you. Hey, Didn't stick around. Doctor John Burksma will join. He's talking about his new book, The Word of the Lord, Reflections on the Sunday Mass Readings for Year A. So it should be a good conversation with Dr. Bergsma. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wake Up This Morning. I'm Gabby Smith along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Our next guest is Dr. John Bergsma. He is going to be joining us today to talk about his book, The Word of the Lord, Reflections on the Sunday Mass Reading for Year A. Dr. Bergsma, thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely, Gabby. So good to be on with you. And you are are a professor over in Steubenville, Ohio, and I can't imagine the weather right now. <laughs> it's cold down here, uh, and Steubenville, Ohio is such a beautiful campus. I had the pleasure of being there in high school uh, just to take a look around for a Steubenville uh, conference, uh, just a beautiful area. So we love having you with us today to talk about these beautiful mass readings. So get us started on what we can find and how these can help us uh, when we go to Mass on either on daily Mass or on Sundays. Sure. Well, Gabby, this um, book is set up uh, for commenting on the, uh, the Sundays and the feast days of year A. And uh, sometimes we don't even notice this, but as Catholics, we're on a three-year cycle. 
Um, we call them years A, B, and C. And on those mm-hmm. years at Sunday Mass, we read through the first three Gospels. So um, in year A, it's Matthew. Year B, it's Mark. Year C, it's Luke. And then every year we get a heavy dose of John, especially during uh, Lent and uh, Easter time. So that's kind of how our, our cycle of reading is set up. And, you know, as a convert, I was a Protestant pastor for a number of years. Uh, when I entered the Catholic oh. Church, I was just amazed that my stereotypes of Catholicism were so exploded because I thought, you know, Catholics don't pay attention to Scripture, etc. And then I started going to Mass, and all of these beautiful readings from the Old Testament, from the Gospels, from the Epistles, from the Psalms, at every Mass. And I was like, wow, there's this amazing banquet of the Word of God, and Protestants don't realize it, and most Catholics seem to be, you know, sitting there twiddling their thumbs, thinking about the turkey that's in their oven, or the game that's going to be on as soon as Mass is over, they got to rush over like this. I'm like, no, we got to slow down and really appreciate it. So this book uh, arose out of wanting to really savor the riches of God's Word at every Mass. I love that you said that because we were talking about the Bible in a Europe podcast and how Father Mike Schmitz, I mentioned how Father Mike Schmitz really dives into those hefty readings, especially Old Testament readings that are kind of difficult to understand. He really explains it in a way that, oh, that makes sense or why that is the way that it is or why it's it's said like that or written like that, really. Uh, so you are 100% right with that. I had no idea that you were a convert and much less uh, a pastor as well. But what inspired you to start going to a Catholic Mass? Sure. Well, you know, I think, you know, deep down, I always had a fascination with the Catholic Church that came from my uh, dad's Friends. My dad was a Navy chaplain, and many of his friends were Catholic priest chaplains in the U.S. Navy, and they would, would invite them over to the house. And so I grew up, you know, being familiar with priest chaplains around the house and getting to know them and, and uh, seeing their perspective on Christianity. And I had this real sense that they were holy men and that there was something there, even though theoretically I knew I wasn't supposed to agree with it. But when I went to the University of Notre Dame for a graduate degree in Bible, I met just really great Catholics um, up close and personal for the first time in my life, um, aside from, of course, the, the great example of those priest chaplains when I was young. And um, we got into discussions, and they basically got me to read the Church Fathers. And when I got into the earliest of the Church Fathers, what we call the Apostolic Fathers, Gabby, like um, St. Ignatius of Antioch, who knew the Apostle mm-hmm. John personally, And I read his testimony to the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, where he says, you know, stay away from anybody who refuses to confess that the Eucharist is the flesh of Jesus. It's just Mm -hmm. such a strong, blunt statement from, you know, 10 years after the death of the Apostle John. We're talking about around the year 100 already. You know, we have this early father making that testimony to Christ's real presence in the Eucharist. And that, you know, took the blinders off my eyes, and I suddenly realized, You know, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist was original Christian belief. That's what the apostles believed. That's what the early Christians believed. And if I don't believe that, I'm kind of, I'm not with the right program. And so I had to get Mm -hmm. myself with the right program, and that meant coming into the Catholic Church. 
Wow. I know we kind of got off topic there, but I love hearing about conversion stories because we have, we don't know who's listening. And I could see uh, in our production room, uh, one of our producers shaking his head. Yes, he's also a convert. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of similarities, I think, there with a lot of stories. But let's go back to your book, The Word of the Lord Reflections on the Sunday Mass Reading for Year A. How long did it take you to put these reflections together? Oh, wow. It was a decade, uh, Gabby. They started off oh as gosh. blog posts. Yeah, and I went <laughs> through the whole cycle three times, refining the blog posts and editing them and fixing them up. And then finally the publisher, Emmaus Road, came to me a couple of years ago and said, hey, you know, you've got all this material. Couldn't we put it up into volumes? And so we started to do that. I was just amazed at how much material it came out to be, four volumes, each about 500 uh, pages long. So I was like, my goodness, did I write this? <laughs> but, um, you know, it was just a labor of love over the, a period of a decade. You know, every Sunday, um, sitting down and, you know, oftentimes I would do it frantically. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it's Friday night and, you know, priests are going to be preparing their homilies tomorrow already. And I haven't gotten my, my blog post up. And so I'd sit down and frantically work on that. Um, but, uh, you know, just, the Lord has just been good and, and uh, give me the opportunity to, uh, to share some of, uh, you know, uh, my training at the University of Notre Dame and other institutions and Scripture, and help people appreciate uh, the beauty of God's Word. I think this goes hand in hand. Yesterday we were talking about New Year's faith resolutions and kind of incorporating into those resolutions if we are putting those together. You know, a lot of people do that at the beginning of the year. I think this is a great resource for those New Year's faith resolutions. Do you encourage people to look at these reflections before Mass? Oh, absolutely. You know, and we're still very early in the church year, um, not this Sunday, but the next is is what is called the Sunday of the Word of God. It's where we um, start uh, the uh, the sequential reading of the Gospel of the Year, uh, which is Matthew this year. Um, Pope Francis made it a holiday. He made it the, the Sunday of the Word of God a few mm-hmm. years ago. So that's a great, you know, that's, again, not this Sunday, but the, the next. Uh, that would be a great opportunity to get this book and start a practice of Maybe sitting down on Saturday evening and looking over the readings for uh, tomorrow's Mass and using a resource like my book, or there's other similar books out there, to kind of delve in a little bit deeper and give yourself some background on what God's trying to say, because God's trying to speak to us and get our attention at every Mass, and mm-hmm. uh, we're not always listening, and, and sometimes even when we're trying to listen, we just need a little help to give some context, you know, who is this person, Isaiah, who's speaking to me in this first reading, you know, who's this guy, Hosea, you know, and we just need a little help, and with with a little help, it, it can just make our experience of Mass so much richer. I love this. Dr. John Bergsma, professor over at the University of Steubenville, he's talking about the Word of the Lord reflections on the Sunday Mass reading for year A. Where can we pick up our copy of your reflections? Well, you can pick them up at, you know, almost any online or um, or uh, local Catholic bookstore, but uh, would encourage folks to buy them right from um, the St. Paul Center, which, uh, you know, owns the Maus Road, the publisher. Uh, you can check us out at uh, stpaulcenter.com, just like you might think it would be spelled, real simple. And uh, you can click through and um, and find it and, uh, and order it, and that, that helps us to 
continue to make uh, great books like this and works with Dr. Hahn and uh, uh, Mike Aquilina and so many other great authors uh, that we're able to publish. Wonderful. My apologies. I meant Franciscan University of Steubenville. I wanted to make sure I got that no correct problem. because I know a lot of people who go there or attend or have attended. Thank you so much, Dr. John Bergsma, for joining us today. Absolutely, Gary. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Matt Estrade joins us, founder and author of Peace with Dementia. Rosie, he's going to be his monthly update with us. It's 45 past the hour on Wake Up. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome back to Wake Up, January 10th. So glad you could join us. With us now is Matt Estrade, founder and author of Peace with Dementia Rosary. And he's here to chat about dementia and also some of the things that we can do, not only as caregivers to help our loved ones, uh, but, but what to be aware of and where we can go to get resources. Matt, good morning. Good morning, Damien. So tell us, one, one of the things that, that I discovered, which I knew nothing about until we were prepping for the show, was Google Scholar. Can you share with us what we can find at Google Scholar and how do we even get there? Yeah, you know, this, this speaks to a lot of um, information that's out there about dementia and what may be, what's accurate and what's not accurate. And I utilize Google Scholar, and I and I always recommend to to families that I'm with to 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 go to that when they have questions such as uh, does coconut oil uh, help reverse dementia, which it doesn't, or does it prevent help prevent, which we don't know. So you'll see a lot of claims out there about memory boosters and everything. So what Google Scholar is, it's its own search engine, which in within the big Google search engine. And instead of just searching the whole world, it searches peer-reviewed scientific journals. So you're going to the direct source of those physicians, the PhDs, the MDs that are doing the research. Um, so you go in there, you type in your keywords, medium chain fatty acids or coconut oils um, or whatever, whatever have you, and dementia or Alzheimer's, and see what comes up. Now, some things, uh, some articles you won't have access to the whole thing like it's behind a paywall and it's pretty expensive unfortunately but every article that you that every every search engine hit you'll at least see an abstract which is a small paragraph that describes the overall design of the study what they were trying to do and a, a summary of the results which sometimes is good enough to take to your to your physician or other medical provider and ask them questions about it yeah you don't let Google Scholar become your physician, right. for sure. Right. right. And, right. and okay, now, let's talk a little bit also about, uh, I love the, the fact that you bring in spirituality when it comes to dealing with dementia and memory loss for the caregiver, for the family itself. And it's not a lot, sometimes it's not at the foundation uh, when it should be at that point. Uh, share with us uh, what people should do and why they should consult with their priest or a deacon uh, if they're living with someone who has uh, memory loss. 
Well, to, to quote uh, Father Michael Champagne, who you and many of your listeners know, when I asked him this question, he said, well, think about it. Your, your priest is your father. And when you have challenges and issues, you go to your father. Now, dementia, Alzheimer's, the, diff- you know, the different types of dementia, they're not per se a spiritual issue, but they can lend to themselves to that. So you, when you have an issue, you go to your father and then they can provide pastoral care. They can sort of help prepare you for this journey. And really, it could turn into some spiritual direction. Then you want to make sure that, of course, you have access to the uh, to the sacraments on a regular basis. And it might not be an issue at this point, but in the future, because we know the different types of dementia are progressive, so they'll continue to just uh, get worse, unfortunately, over time. Mm-hmm. We know that there will be there will there may be issues in the future. So let's talk about it now and, and get that consolation, as well as if you're willing to allow them to share the information, and some people don't want to do that, it allows the whole community, your whole parish, to pray for um, to, to pray for you and your loved one. Yeah, and we've seen the power of prayer uh, just in the last week or two uh, in the world of football. So we know prayer is powerful, uh, and it's uh, something that we should rely yes. on. The, one of the things, uh, when is it time to call for help? Uh, Matt, whether it, it be with a physician, a priest, uh, is it when you're you're at wit's end? A lot of people sometimes, for me, uh, that I know, have a tendency to wait too late. Yeah, I would say this is a great question. I would say the majority of us, because we want to, there's well, there's several reasons. I think we all want to just try to do things ourselves. We think we can do it ourselves, even if we ask God for help. We're, we're possibly not asking others for help. And unfortunately, most caregivers wait till they're in the burnout stages, till they're at their wits end, like you said. And I encourage people to try to develop that humility. And, sometimes, and many times we have to go outside of ourselves to help develop that, that humility, to, to ask for help. And, and it is difficult, but this journey that we find ourselves on when dementia is involved, it, it really is an opportunity to develop humility and many many other virtues so it can be no one wants to be on this journey but while we find ourselves on it it can be a tremendous gift in purifying us and helping us to grow in many virtues with the right guidance of course and that's where the, the priest and others come in amen and uh i are, are, i believe you're looking for some ambassadors to help spread the word right Right. And speaking of asking for help, uh, I've been trying to do a lot by myself over the years. And in the last couple of months, I've been reaching out to uh, to archdiocese and to dioceses around the country. I have a whole list of uh, that I found. I printed out I'm like, OK, I emailed this office. I emailed this bishop and I realized and it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't me. It was others coming to me and saying, how can we help? Uh, people and, it, and it actually, it, it, it's two individuals in Canada in different different provinces of Canada that say, "Hey, I know the I know the bishop well. Um, send me some information. Make some give me some uh, template letters. Let's get some brochures made. Send me some business cards. You know, they're like we're going to approach them and help spread it within our diocese. So then that got me thinking that that's we really should be looking at having ambassadors that have access to this Google folder that I have that has bulletin articles that can go into parishes 
press releases you know basically they they kind of tell me what they want what they need to to spread the word in their parish and their diocese and i go ahead and, and i create it for them so feel very blessed we're just in the beginning so but i would and i would ask those who are if they feel touched by dementia if they feel a calling to help and they're not sure how i, I you know i urge them to to call me and or text me or, or you know I'm, I'm not hard to find uh, to, to let me know what they're willing to do within their within their which um, within their parish here locally in our in our archdiocese or even in in the states or like I said in Canada. Yes, and uh, could they go to dementiarosary.com? Is that a good spot for them? Yeah, that's the best place to to um, to. There's a contact form. Um, and you're welcome to to share my information with anybody that calls into the studio. But DementiaRosary.com is a good place to get in touch with me. And then all those materials that I'm developing, those I have in a Google folder. I, it's just a matter of sharing a link with somebody. Okay, that's great. Matt Estrada, thank you for being with us. You'll also be able to run into Matt at the Wine Conference. You'll have uh, books and uh, materials along with a number of other items uh, that you can visit with him at the Women's Wine Conference coming up January 28th in Baton Rouge. Uh, Matt Estrada, author of Peace with Dementia Rosary, thank you for being with us this morning on Wake Up. And it's already time to wrap up. That's wow. Right. Wake up and wrap up. We're going to wrap up with a prayer like we always do in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, from you flows true and continual kindness. And in your mercy, you forgave us, you reconcile us, you bless us, and you called us back again. You clothed us with your cloak of great value, and you gave the condemned a pardon, and you washed away the dirt. Give clean hearts, O Lord, to us, and may our hearts be purified to truly do your will. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Johnny Aber joins us with a gospel reflection. Shane Kapler talks about his new book, Biblical Roots of Marian Consecration. Dr. Tom Neal with Notre Dame Seminary joins us in Burke and Graffia with the Catholic Song Contest. Have a wonderful Tuesday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.